Good morning, everyone. So this morning, we'll set a motivation for our time together. And then I'll uh, lead um, a meditation. The first part of the meditation is just to settle our body, speech, and mind in the space that we're in. We'll do some breathing meditation. And then I'll lead us through um, an analytic meditation. So let's just sit for a couple of minutes to settle ourselves, and then we'll proceed. And then just to uh, focus on the motivation for a moment, think about what attracted you to come here today to listen to these teachings. Broadly defined, compassion is a sense of genuine concern that arises when we encounter another's suffering, and also includes a feeling motivated to see that suffering relieved in some way. So in short, we can say it's a wish for all beings to be free of suffering and its causes, all the different levels of suffering. And undoubtedly, most of us would agree that compassion is important in our own lives, as well as very important um, as a societal value. Because when confronted with pain and suffering, we instinctively feel for the suffering person. When we ourselves are suffering, we're also grateful when others extend themselves to us, reach out to us. But despite our understanding about the relevance of compassion, do we actually give compassion a central role in our lives and how we navigate the world. You know, we could ask, why is compassion lacking in our polarized political sphere or lacking in geopolitical considerations and environmental concerns? The Dalai Lama reminds us constantly, if we want peace in the world, we must be peaceful ourselves. And the same is true if we want to see compassion enacted in the world. Each one of us must embody compassion. We all have seeds of compassion in our mind, and if we nurture them and pay attention to their development, our inclination to act beneficially towards others and refrain from even the smallest harms will grow day by day. 
Most of us need ongoing encouragement to make compassion a central reality of our own lives and our shared world, to make it a priority. And that's why this book, An Open-Hearted Life, is such an important resource for us, something that can be a daily inspiration if we take it to heart. So today, let's continue our cultivation of our good heart, our heart of compassion, so that we can be of greater and greater benefit to all beings. So let's begin by settling our body into a comfortable meditation posture. If you can sit cross-legged, that's, uh, that's recommended, but otherwise, um, however is comfortable for you is certainly okay. It's uh, important to have a straight back to support the flow of energy in the body. And so especially if you're sitting on a chair or uh, those at home, if you're sitting on a comfy couch, then just sit forward a little bit so that you're supporting your back with your own muscles. Helps to keep our mind a little bit more alert. And then take a moment to relax your shoulders. You might even just consciously pull them down a little bit. Just invite some relaxation into the body. Your hands can be resting naturally on your, in your lap, on your thighs. The right hand resting on the left with the thumbs touching. Again, another conducive posture for meditation. And then tilt your head slightly forward so that the, your gaze naturally falls into the space in front. And your eyes can be closed or slightly open. If they're just open a bit, that allows some light in and helps to prevent drowsiness. And even thinking about a smile helps to soften and relax the muscles in our face, around our eyes around the jaw, the mouth. And I invite you just to take a nice deep breath into the body all the way down, filling the belly as well as the chest, and slowly exhaling. And as you do that, see if you can invite a deeper sense of ease, relaxation, peacefulness into the body. Let go of any tension you might find still lingering in the body. When we take a deep breath like this, it, it signals our parasympathetic nervous system that we're switching gears, we're relaxing. So again, just take another deep breath into the body. Once again, exhaling and just scanning through the body to make sure that the body is at ease, Relaxed, free of tension. Really feel yourself settling into the cushion or the chair that you're sitting on. And next we'll settle our mind into its natural state of relaxation by gently bringing our attention to the breath so just see if you can set aside any distractions that may have popped up this morning, any rushing or 
thoughts that might get in the way of being fully present. Our mind has this habit of thinking about the past, thinking about the future. But when we bring our attention to the breath, the, the breath only happens in the present moment. So we tie our attention to the breath, noticing each inhalation, each exhalation, even noticing the pause between the exhalation and the next inhalation. Just bringing our full awareness, our full curiosity to the sensations that are awakened with our breathing. You can focus on the rise and fall of the, the belly, the abdomen, or the diaphragm with each breath, in-breath, out-breath. Or if you are familiar with another object, maybe the nostrils, the space above the upper lip, it's certainly fine to focus on that area as well. So we'll really settle ourselves in the present using the breath as the anchor to settle our mind. And I'll just mention, of course, thoughts will continue to arise in the mind. That's their habit. But when you notice that the mind has become distracted, thinking about the past, thinking about the future, following other thoughts, just very gently bring your attention back to noticing the in-breath, the out-breath, without any judgment, without any disappointment, uh, without any commentary. Just simply bring your attention back again and again. We may have to do this many, many times, and that's perfectly okay. Just continue to bring your awareness back to the breath, intending to extend the continuity of our awareness with the breath.
And then having quieted our minds, we'll shift our attention to analytic meditation. We've all noticed that suffering is an inevitable part of our life in samsara. And as a response, compassion enables us to look at suffering in all its forms, all its levels and subtleties, grossness, without falling into despair, and also without being limited by our own personal distress. So it's important that we can distinguish between these two responses. On one hand, compassion. On the other hand, some form of personal distress. And the more we know about each of these responses, then the more conscientious and the more intentional we can be in responding to the inevitable suffering we encounter in life. So I'll introduce some statements for you to reflect on and give you some time to think about them, examining our own experience of a compassionate response and a response when the mind was more involved in personal distress. And I invite you to do your best to stay on this particular question. So if other thoughts come up not related to the the question or the statement that we're working on, then just see if you can set those aside and bring your full attention back to the topic we're meditating on, really exploring it from the point of view of your own life experience. So first of all, I invite you to remember a time when you have suffered yourself. Perhaps you experienced a conflict with someone you care about or didn't succeed in something you wanted or experienced physical injury or illness. Try to be very specific. And notice how you feel when you think of your suffering. How does your heart feel? Notice what sensations you're aware of. Perhaps a tender sensation or an aching sensation maybe some pressure. And notice, is there a wish to be free of that suffering and how does that manifest?
And now think of someone who is very close to you, someone towards whom you feel a great amount of love. Think of someone very specific. See their face. And notice how this love feels in your heart. Really tuning into the sensations around the heart. Perhaps you feel a sensation of warmth or openness, tenderness. How would you describe it? And now think of a time when this person who you easily love was suffering. Maybe they experienced an illness or an injury or a difficult time in a relationship. Again, try to think of something specific. And again, notice how you feel when you think of his or her suffering. How does your heart feel? Do the sensations change from when you were initially thinking of them with love? Do you continue to feel warmth and openness, tenderness? Or do you detect other sensations? Perhaps an aching sensation or a sense of pressure?
Is there compassion present, a natural wish to relieve their suffering? And now I invite you very gently to recall a time in the past when you may have felt overwhelmed by another's suffering. So this could be an individual's suffering or it could be a group of people. In this day and age with um, the pandemic and the war in Ukraine, uh, frontline workers at the beginning of the pandemic, so many, the climate crisis, see if any of those have stimulated moments of personal distress in you, sense of overwhelmed by the suffering that you were experiencing, witnessing, encountering. Maybe images come to your mind or a particular news clip. And again, notice how you feel when you think of being overwhelmed by the suffering you were witnessing. And particularly noticing the heart. Do you continue to feel warmth and openness and tenderness? Or are there other sensations? How would you describe them? Perhaps some heaviness or fear or anxiety. A sense of helplessness, confusion.
And thinking back to that experience of overwhelm, just see if you can recognize how personal distress often clouds our mind with so much sadness or confusion, helplessness, turbulence, that we're often unable to do anything helpful. And we often lose our ability to discern what's our responsibility and what is the other's responsibility. Or perhaps with personal distress, there's a feeling of guilt, seeing another's suffering when we're not suffering. Or thinking that we should be able to fix it or do something about it. And just notice if the attention moves to our own suffering rather than the other's suffering. And now imagine being able to bring a heart of compassion to that situation. A clear, positive state of mind that really wishes to, in the face of that suffering, really wishing to alleviate all the suffering. But also seeing the situation clearly, being able to assess the situation accurately, seeing what needs to be done, but also realistically assessing what we're capable of doing without any sense of guilt. Also assessing what the other person is responsible for and capable of accepting and doing. So really imagine staying grounded, resourced, open-hearted. And remaining focused on wishing to alleviate that suffering in whatever way is possible. So having done this short reflection, then see if you can make a clear distinction between a compassionate response and a response of personal distress. See if you can clearly identify those two distinct states of mind.
And then again, I invite you just to take a nice deep breath into the body. And as you exhale, just inviting relaxation into the body and mind. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes.